great that you were well. Welcome, welcome. Today is Saturday, July the 16th, 2022. I am Rochelle Wilson here at WHGE 95.3 FM. You're listening to Beyonce. So glad to be in your presence today, ladies and gentlemen. Before I let go, it is so good to be in your presence once again. How is everyone doing today? How do you feel? Uh, we've got some really nice weather taking place outside, and that's always a plus. We appreciate that every time Mother Nature blesses us with some sunshine and even some rain because they kind of go hand in hand. We need both in order to survive. Let's protect Mother Earth moving forward. Let me get that out of the way right now. Mother Earth is the only planet that you've got. And if you destroy her, you are destroying yourself. That's your choice. But I personally would like to be able to have something uh, beautiful for my great grandchildren and grandchildren so that they can enjoy life and life more abundantly. So you're listening to Rochelle Wilson here for Make Some Intelligent Noise, the movement for justice. And I'm so thankful that you've chimed in. Uh, for the last couple of shows, I have been struggling to remember the name of the young man. And I do apologize for that. Into all of my research and studies and this and that and looking up cases, I just did not make it my business to find out more information about the murder of Jalen Walker. Jalen Walker. The uh, autopsy report says that there were 60 bullets out of the 90 shell casings uh, that were fired. The 90 bullets that were fired, 60 of them were found in Jalen Walker in Akron, Ohio. After a, uh, you know, a, allegedly it was going to be a routine the traffic stop. Once again, probable cause, whatever their reason was for wanting to stop him. He did have a, a weapon, a handgun in the vehicle. He decided not to stop. And so they pursued him in a high speed chase. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you and I already know law enforcement does not like it when they've got to chase us. The slave masters, the overseers, you know, the officers, the overseers, they do not like it when they have to chase us, when they either have to run or either get in their car and they have to chase us. First of all, it's very dangerous for everyone involved, innocent people, bystanders. It, it, it's not uh, very good for them. It's not healthy because if something breaks out, there, there go I uh, and, and the innocent bystanders if something breaks out. But, but let me be very clear. As I stated, uh, the overseers from the plantations, now we know them as officers, uh, according to KRS-One, the overseers have been chasing black folks and runaway slaves since slavery began. So... If Jalen Walker or Patrick Loyola or any of the others 
run when they see black, I mean, when they see police officers? Think about it. Come on, man. What the fudge is wrong with you? You think we're not going to run when, when black men and women, but particularly men, are being killed all across the United States of America for probable cause at a routine traffic stop? We're losing our lives. So hell yeah, we're running. When we see you, we run. And if I wasn't so old, I'd run too if they stopped me. I'd run as fast as I was able to run. But since I don't run so good, or maybe I do, my dogs make me run. But the point that I'm making is almost a natural fight or flight. When you see the police show up for routine traffic stops or any other kind of stop, your heart starts beating, uh, you, your mouth starts to saliva, your palpitations are going. I mean, it's, it's crazy. The fear. Because you know that even if it is a routine traffic stop, I, I ran a stop sign or a red light or I failed to use my turn signal and they want to uh, perhaps give me a citation, we don't know that that's really what they want to do. It's, it's gotten to the point here in America that a routine traffic stop for a brown person could be the end of their life. So we run. Come on. It's common sense. It's a no-brainer. Fear. We don't know what they're going to do. And it can be disturbing. So Jalen Walker ran in his car. You know, he drove in a high-speed chase, and they chased him. Uh, and at the end of the day, 60 bullets, 60 bullets were put into Jalen Walker. 90 bullets were fired. 60 of them hit Jalen. And when you hear stories like that, and Jalen Walker is not just one. He is one of many. This is not an isolated case, ladies and gentlemen. This is the norm, it seems, all across America with our law enforcement and brown-hued people. And you keep telling me, folks keep telling me to get over slavery and forget about it. Uh, we're in a new day, in a new age, we have to forgive and, you know, let bygones be bygones. I listen to T.D. Jakes all of the time. I really appreciate uh, his teachings and his messages as much as I do the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. However, forgiveness is a beautiful thing. You know, it says, forgive that ye may be forgiven. So I know we've got to forgive people for their infractions. I understand that. And as I have asked before, I will pose the question once again. How can I forgive you for slavery and all of the atrocities, the murders, the, the, how can I forgive you for that? How dare you ask me or demand of me to forgive slavery and all that took place even after slavery and yet you're still doing it. It's like asking, it's like kicking me in my gut. And then saying, oh, I apologize. I didn't mean to kick you. Uh, I apologize. Please forgive me. And I say, okay, I forgive you. And then you kick me in my gut again. And then you do it again. And you kick me again. And you continuously kick me. How can I forgive you over and over and over and over again? And this is not for my beautiful people. My beautiful rosy people. 
who, who do not support the institution, the mindset of slavery, they have shown their color, regardless of their rosy skin, they support brown lives. Black lives matter. And they mean it. Those people are my friends and my comrades. I love them and adore them. But outside of those folks, when I'm thinking of the, the, the police that I'm supposed to be able to trust, when I have a problem, it's call the police, right? They will come and protect and serve. Protect and serve. But if you keep kicking me in my gut, simply because my skin is brown, I'm some hue of brown, and brown comes in so many colors. Brown comes in an amazing array of colors. You keep kicking me simply because my skin is brown, but you're telling me, get over it, Rochelle. Forget about the past. All of that's over. This is 2022. It's a new day. It's a new age. But you're still kicking me. You're still beating my tail. You're still killing me. But you want me to forget and forgive and get over it. How can I? You tell me how. For my rosy brothers and sisters who really genuinely, honestly love and support Black Lives Matter, they may potentially be engaged in, uh, have blacks in their family, brown people, children, grandchildren. I love my Rosemarie Elwood. I love her. She has some beautiful, beautiful babies. And there are others. And I've had the good fortune and the pleasure and the honor to make friends and relationships with some of these amazing rosy colored people. Beautiful, beautiful. Their spirit is beautiful. And they detest what white folks and white supremacists and racists are doing to black and brown people. So they march, they march with us. Black Lives Matter, they don't care how many white folks don't like it, they're marching with us. They support us. They are fighting for reform and change for us. I love them. I support them. I appreciate them because they get it. They get it. Whatever it was that made it happen for them to understand it, they get it. They do. And, and I appreciate them for that. But for all of our uh, patriot Trump people, uh, and, and there's some other name. Oh, yes. I was listening to uh, the station manager, Mr. Harmon Carey. The station manager, thank you to Mr. Harmon Carey for creating the one and only black-owned, black-operated news information station in the entire state of Delaware. Trust me when I tell you, people are on his back about that. There, some people are feeling some kind of way because he started this radio station. So I was listening to his broadcast as he explained in detail how it came about that he became the one and only black-owned radio station in the state of Delaware. And in the midst of that, uh, then he went on to broadcast, I think they're called the Proud Boys. So the, whether you're the Patriot Trump or the Proud Boys, 
They are doing the same thing. It is the same ideology, the same mental thinking. Same mental thinking. Proud Boys, Patriot Trump. If you're not red, white, and blue, 100% red, white, and blue, <clears throat> they want to hurt you. They want to hurt you. And that is non-exclusive to black, brown, and golden people. They are speaking out against our Jewish brothers and sisters, our Asian brothers and sisters. So these proud boy patriot Trump folks, they don't like anything that's not red, white, and blue. Follow, stay with me. Stay with me, ladies and gentlemen. They're just, they're just not for us. They are against us. As a matter of fact, the comments that I heard uh, when they spoke against our Jewish brothers and sisters, nasty, really nasty names. They called the Jewish people, called them dirty, ugly, nasty names, accused them of dirty, ugly atrocities. Now, I can't tell you that my Jewish brothers and sisters uh, may not have a heads up. They may not recognize or identify that black and brown people are truly their real brothers and sisters. Just like our Asians, our Manchurian brothers and sisters. They, they may not recognize or identify that they are a part of this clan, but they are. And again, we would have to go all the way back and search the history, and then you will find how Jews and blacks or moors native americans the indigenous people how we became brothers and sisters of course now in 2022 uh too often we find too many of our jewish brothers and sisters that will not reach out we've got a good amount that will We've got a good amount that will open their 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 doors to the synagogue, uh, to the, you know, and they will come into the churches and they will worship with us. They will praise with us. They will contribute finances to our movements. We love them for that, but we still have an entire Jewish communities all across America that will turn their nose and refuse to acknowledge that they are my brother and sister. And I really think they should take a closer look in the mirror about that. But, moving right along, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that I spoke that young man's name in its entirety for the last two broadcasts. I've been just saying Brother Jalen brother Jalen. I want to call his name out. Jalen Walker, 25 years old, handsome, cute little fella. Such a cute little fella, just at the peak of his life. Gone. And Akron, Ohio residents and communities and neighbors, woo, they are, they have shut it down. Now they're clearing the streets now, or they have been cleared, but there was a point last week where Akron, Ohio, black, brown, golden, and Jewish and Asian residents who will relate to us, they shut it down. Shut it down. And I'll tell you, I've, I've never made it a secret 
that I absolutely support Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's approach to change and reform. He was able, he had the continence and the spirit and the, the right energy to sit at the table. They invited him to the table because they did not see him as a threat, per se, as they may have seen our brother Malcolm X. They didn't invite Malcolm X to the table because they saw him as a radical that they could not invite to the table peacefully. <laughs> but they did invite Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King to have a seat at the table. And when I say a seat at the table, I mean conversations with the people who run the country. He sat with the president at that time of the United States and had dialogue and was smart enough to know how to play chess on the chessboard to accomplish his goals and get it done. I loved him for that. So I support his way of, of, of reform and change. I really admire Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And that's not to say that I don't absolutely stand in love and support with my brother, Malcolm X. He just had a different way, uh, a different approach to getting change done. He had a different approach. Alright? Both very effective, but one had a seat at the table and the other one not as much. But I, I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, as much as I support the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's approach to change and reform to get the work done, to create fair and equitable justice under the law, which is what makes some intelligent noise stands for. I support him. I love his approach. But I got to tell you, there are times, there are times when a simple, peaceful march like the Edmund Pettus Bridge, nice and peaceful, there are times when that is not enough. There are times when we have got to follow that radical we know as Malcolm X, Malik Shabazz also assassinated because of his voice and his ability to change things. His ability to gather the people, to lead the people. Remember, a leader, the only thing that a leader is, is someone that people will follow because they trust your agenda. They trust you. They believe in your agenda. Whatever it is that your agenda is, they support it because they trust you. And that's what makes a leader. Everybody wants to lead. Everybody wants to be the Indian chief. Very few people realize that their lane may have to be the Indian. And that is even more important than the leader. Sure, the leaders are inspired by God. Inspired by the Spirit of God to lead them. They get their direction from their conversations, their spiritual conversations with that which is greater than themselves. That is very, very important. But who is it that gets the work done? It's the Indians in the proverbial sense of the chief and the Indians. Okay, stick, stick with me. 
It is the people who will follow the leader that have to get the work done. You, you need secretaries to type papers and, and email stuff out and you need uh, campaign managers and uh, you need press people and you need all of these various different walks of life in order to get it done. One of the main reasons that Martin Luther King Jr. could be such an effective leader to have a seat at that table with the president and others is because of the people who follow him. He would have never made it that far had it not been for the support system, which takes us to a spiritual principle of the head and the body. The head can go nowhere. If you cut the head off the body and sit it on a table, it's just gonna sit there. It can't do anything but think and maybe talk. And then you cut the head off the body, the body's running around blind. It doesn't have anywhere to go. It's just, just blindly running around with no direction, no eyesight. It can't see. So the head and the body, they need each other. Leaders need the people. We need the people to be an effective leader. An effective leader has the people who will follow them into the fires. And the fire is typically, in my reference, the fire is the fire of change. It's the fire of change. Because it takes fire, a passion in your spirit, in your soul, to get up, to put your whole life potentially at risk, such as Malcolm and Martin, they put their lives at risk and they were assassinated for their leadership. But it takes fire and passion to be able to stand up to the powers that be, right? The powers that be. Speak out and act out against that. What you know is wrong, systemically wrong. So it's very important to have strong leaders, but you can only be as strong a leader as, as you're following. Those that will support you and lift you up to be the leader. And that's real talk. So what they did in Akron, Ohio may not have been under the, you know, support of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. But I guarantee you the spirit of Malik Shabazz, Malcolm X, he was there. Because they shut it down. And for as many black young children that are killing each other and police are killing us, it's like committing genocide. We won't have any little black, brown, and golden boys and girls if we stay at this rate. If we keep perpetuating this system. All our little black boys and girls are not going to be here. And I feel some kind of way about that. I'm very passionate about that. I have a son who is currently being held captive in a prison. But I have a 14-year-old grandson who's growing and maturing and evolving and becoming 
And I would like for him to grow, mature, and evolve and become a spectacular and amazing, productive, progressive young man. Man, someday. So when I think in my mind that my grandson, handsome little brown boy, looks just like his father. When I think that my grandson is 14 or 15 years old and he's living in America where police are shooting us for a traffic stop and he's about to go after his little, uh, what do you call that thing before the license? Uh, permit papers. Permit. So he's going to be on the road driving. My 14-year-old grandson, 15-year-old grandson will be driving soon. And that scares the bejesus out of me. It really does. Because I don't know if he runs, if he drives the car to the supermarket to get uh, some milk and bread, will he make it home safe and alive? I pray, dear God, for your mercy and your grace. Please protect my grandson. Protect all of our sons and grandsons. This is a mess. This is a mess. But here's the other part when I finally did actually go in and research the information on Jalen Walker and I found out uh, the report came back that 90 bullets in the casings, uh, it came back that it was 90 bullets fired, 60 of which hit Jalen Walker. When he got to the coroner's office, he was in handcuffs. 60 bullets and then they handcuffed him? Are you serious? Get the fudge out of here. Get the fudge out of here. Are you serious? He's dead on the street. 60 bullets and you still put handcuffs on him. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for March. It's time for March. It's time for March. And I have been calling out for women uh, of incarcerated loved ones to please join me in a march to, cap to the Capitol in Washington, D.C. Let's actually get in our cars, go to the Capitol, stand there with our sign, and speak our peace. For the mothers and women, the loved one of incarcerated people. I'm at the point today, I'm so fired up. I know that I am a leader. In my own way, God has made me a leader. And I'm so thankful for that. Because with leadership comes responsibility. Everybody can't be a leader because everyone's not responsible enough to handle leadership and to earn the trust of the people that will follow you and support you. I know that I am a leader. I don't know that I can gather enough people to follow me to the steps of the Capitol. But if I do go, and if I have to go by myself, I'm not afraid of doing that either. You never know. Uh, build it and they will come. If I start marching, you never know. I might, by the, I might start off by myself and end up with 50,000 or more. 
This is where I wish that Farrakhan and I could have a dialogue and that he would be the leader to do this. But I think this is a, 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 a need for a woman to do this. So who is the leader in your state that you would follow? We need to find the leader in our state. I'm here uh, in Wilmington, Delaware. Who is the leader in the state of Delaware, female woman leader, who will lead us on a march to the Capitol to protest killing our black sons? Can somebody please join me with that? Help me recognize who's the female leader that will walk and march with us to Washington, D.C. and women from all over the nation. Mothers, grandmothers, women, and dads. Come on, dads. We want you to. Uncle so-and-so and grandpa. Come on. Meet us at the steps of the Capitol and let it be known. Our voices are here. We demand change accountability. You do not need to shoot us 60 times and then handcuff us on top of that. Somebody has got to do this and whoever that person is, let me know. I'll gladly follow. See, that's the thing about a leader. I know that I'm a leader, but the best leaders are the ones that know how to follow. I know how to follow. Whoever the leader is, stand up. Let yourself be known. Present yourself. Let's go to Washington, D.C. Let our voices be heard on the steps of the Capitol. Why the Capitol and not the White House? Because the Capitol holds Congress. And there you will find all of the leaders for the entire nation are in the Capitol. So I don't want to march to the White House. I think Farrakhan did a great job of it. I love him. I support him. I respect him. But now it's time for a woman. And I could honestly see Dr. Ava Muhammad as being that woman to bring us all together. I simply don't have a way to reach her, to engage her in a conversation about making that happen. Well, we need all of the female leaders of all the counties and the states and the cities and the boroughs to come together and let's do this. Because what Akron, Ohio did uh, for Jalen Walker, that needs to be done on a national level for all of our sons and daughters. Call me crazy if you must. But I am seeking the leader and I'll follow. I will gladly follow. And if I don't find a leader, trust me when I tell you, I've got a voice loud enough, strong enough, filled with just the right amount of fire, inspired by God. I will give me a blow horn, a bull horn, pack me a bag, put on my sneakers, a, a, a book bag, pack my, my book bag with some lunch, put on my walking shoes, and find me a map of how to walk from Wilmington, Delaware to Washington, D.C. Now, I don't know it, but I'll figure it out. And I will walk and march by myself if no one joins me. Something has to happen. But trust me, ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you, 
when we the people join together, when we come together and we do it, that is when it's powerful. That's when it's powerful. So I uh, wanted to share with you really quick something that I, um, an email that came in to me. There is, uh, let me see here, on Saturday, August 20th from 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. at the Rose Hill Community Center on 19 Lamson Lane in Newcastle, Delaware, in the back by the baseball field, they're going to be doing a health and wellness community fair. Health and wellness, mental health, physical health, perhaps even spiritual health. And I think in this day and time, in this age, with everything that's going on in America, or right here in our little city of Wilmington, Delaware, honey, we could use some mental health and wellness. Just a checkup. From the ankles up, let's check it out. Let's check it out. So please, show up. August 20th, and I will remind you again of that date. August 20th at 11 o'clock a.m., Rose Hill Community Center, Mental Health and Physical Health Wellness Checkups. And fair, it's a whole fair, so there's going to be all kinds of things going on. All kinds of stuff. I'm going because I need somebody to help me get my mind right uh, over 60 bullets and handcuffs. I, I need somebody to help me get my mind right uh, over uh, the language barrier between pra Patrick Loyola and the police officer that shot him in the back of the head when he was handcuffed. I, I need somebody to help me get my mind right over Tamir Rice and Philando Castile and Mike Brown and the list of names just continues. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, all of the names in America continue. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I would love to see my nation of Islam, Farrakhan, call all the brothers. Call all the brothers, Minister Farrakhan, call them. And let's go and meet the Proud Boys, Patriot Trump, for a conversation. Let's go meet them. And there's this other organization, uh, the New Black Panthers. I saw it on Facebook, and I checked it out. I've been looking at it to make sure that it's real, and it's real. It's this whole nation of men with their weapons and rifles. Their faces are covered and they've got the little helmets and hats on and they're marching and they're disciplined. Let them join with the nation of Islam. Uh, you know, let them join with the brother brothers and the brothers and the fathers and the uncles. We are fed up, sick and tired of being sick and tired of you shooting us 60 times. We're tired of it. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. And for all of the white folks or rosy people who believe that black lives matter, who sincerely and genuinely love us, because maybe you married someone black, 
or maybe you've got some black children or grandchildren running around, you need to support us. Forget them Proud Boys and Patriot Trumps. You need to be over here with Black Lives Matter. You need to join the men who are going to go against the Proud Boys and the Patriot Trumps who are hurting people. If we can't get laws passed for accountability and our protection, then guess what? Malcolm X said it. We got to protect ourselves by any means necessary. These are my thoughts. This is my intellectual property. WHGE 95.3 is not held accountable for the words and the thoughts that proceed from me. They belong to me, Rochelle Wilson. It's my thoughts. And no one can be held accountable for them but myself. I take full responsibility for the words that proceed from my mouth and the thoughts that God inspires me to think. Malcolm X said, by any means necessary. By any means necessary. So, uh, in understanding... I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my TikTok was doing something there. And I apologize for that. I'm on TikTok, so TikTok is moving around. And I, I needed to straighten something out. I apologize. So here's the point that I'm making. And I think I've made the point. I feel like I've been very clear with it. It's time for more than just a march. If, if, if the law is not there to protect us from the law, then we've got to protect ourselves. And maybe there's something wrong with that. Maybe you think I'm, I'm, I'm promoting violence or riots. I'm not. In no way at all do I support or promote violence, nor do I promote or support riots. I'm not supporting that. And if there is going to be a riot, make sure you know who the right targets are. Do not burn down your own damn businesses. Black Wall Streets. Because black folks worked hard to get whatever that business is. Whether it's a dry cleaner or a daycare or a radio station or whatever it is. So don't burn down your own Black Wall Street. Recognize who you, where you need to be with all that energy. If you're gonna, if you're gonna come out with that energy, know where it needs to go. But I no way at all do I support riots or uh, burning or looting or violence of any sort or of any form. But I do support. We have to protect ourselves. Enough is enough, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know about you, but I'm really fed up with it. I'm really fed up with it. And the names that I mentioned earlier are just a few of the cases where our people are being slaughtered like lambs on the altar. Am I suggesting in any way that every young black person is perfect and pure and pristine and they're just being shot down for no reason at all? 
Well, we may not be pure and pristine. We may have caused a minor infraction. Maybe you do need to take us uh, before the judge and have that dialogue at the courthouse, the house of court. Perhaps that is what needs to happen in some of these cases. I'm not denying that. I'm not uh, refusing accountability. I'm, I'm saying, yes, we must take accountability for our behavior. And if you're out there shooting and killing and robbing and carrying on, you need a timeout. You need a timeout. Because if grandmommy and granddaddy can't beat your tail and spank you and discipline you, you think you've grown enough, then you get a big boy punishment. I'm not opposed to big boy punishment. But make it fair and equitable. You can't take Peyton Gendron after leaving the top supermarket, shooting uh, 13 people, injuring 13 people. You can't take him to Burger King or McDonald's or the Wendy's and get him a burger and then shoot us 60 times because we run from you. Because historically, historically, we know that it's, it's, it's fight or flight. Our lives could be in jeopardy when you come looking for us. When you want to talk to us, it could be a matter of life and death. Peyton Gendron went to, the, went, went to have a burger. They took him for a hamburger after he murdered 10 people and wounded 13 in total. Why is that? Why did he get to go and have a hamburger? I feel some kind of way today, ladies and gentlemen. I feel some kind of way today. I really do. I don't like it. I do not like it. I don't like it. So, uh, we're going to try this again. So for my TikTok audience, I just want to say thank you so much for your love and your support. I am Rochelle Wilson, uh, mother and founder of the movement. Make some intelligent noise, the movement for justice. I'm here on the air and uh, I'm supporting and believing in what is right and fair, equal justice under the law. So that's for my TikTok audience. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate your patience in allowing me to make that quick report. So moving from there, uh, I heard my fellow journalists today, Pat Gibbs and Nosa Roma, AKA Vic Cooper. Uh, I felt so bad because I only know three of his songs and uh, he has a plethora of music out there. For anyone who's never heard the music, the artistry of Nosaroma, Victor Cooper, I do encourage you to go and listen. He is a dedicated and committed artist. He is and his music has a message. But one of the things that, uh, that No Saroma and, and Pat Gibbs said today, they talked about the black dollar. And that got me to thinking, I think I had mentioned that uh, quite some time ago. 
So I'm just gonna bring it up again really quick to sort of dovetail off of something they said uh, earlier today. The black dollar, which means money from black and brown and golden folks in our community, it lasts approximately six hours. Six hours in comparison to the white dollar in white communities will last 17 days, 17 days. Their money exchanges within their community at least 17 days before it leaves their community. Excuse me. But here's the clencher. Here's the clencher. I'm telling you, that Holocaust didn't do a daggone thing to our Jewish brothers and sisters. Because if they, if they don't know anything else, they know economics. The Jewish dollar stays within their Jewish communities for 28 days before it will leave their community. 28 days! The Jewish dollar. Because they support each other's business. They put it in their own churches. You don't find Jewish people, unless it's been an organized, situated uh, conference or something, you don't find Jewish folks in everybody else's church putting money in the collection plate. They put money in their collection plates. They go to their restaurants uh, owned by their friends and family. That's where they eat. They go to their dry cleaners. The Jewish dollar stays in the Jewish community for 28 days before it steps out. The black dollar in black and brown and golden communities lasts six hours and it's gone. Gone, gone, and gone. And why is that, one might say? Is it because we're just that type of a people? where we can't seem to generate our money amongst each other? No, I don't, I don't agree with that statement at all, with that ideology or that principle. I'm a firm believer that if we had dry cleaners, if we had restaurants, if we owned our own car washes uh, and, and things of such nature, if we had our own Black Wall Streets, our money would also stay 28 days in the community. But where's our Wall Street? Oh, that's right, I'm sorry. They burned it down. Many moons ago, white folks burned it down because they did not want to see black folks come up. They didn't want to see us keep our dollar for 28 days. So they burned it down. Every single time black folks try to come up and rise above all the bullshinaki, there goes somebody putting their foot on our head or our neck trying to push us back down. Haven't you had enough of it? I have. Isn't it time for something a little more aggressive than just a march? We ask our public servants, elected officials, to change the laws based on our vote. We already know that the Constitution was never set up for black folks from the gate. It was set up to protect the white upper class, the elite, not us. The Constitution of the United States was never created for black 
brown and golden people. But aren't you sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of them putting their knee on our daggone necks? We try to become independent and, and create our own schools so we can have black teachers and with black students who understand black students. We know our children better than anybody else could know our children. So let us have our own school and teach our children and discipline our children. Because we can relate to mom and dad of the children. I told you I worked in a high school for 12 years. Well, not just a high school, but I worked in the school system. Really, it's longer than that if you, if you count some of the other schools I did. It's closer to like uh, 12, 15 years. 15 years I gave my life to the school system for the children. I was a substitute school teacher and I did some other things. I was a paraprofessional. I worked with special ed and all of these kinds of things. And I'm telling you now, when you show up, when a black parent shows up at their child's school to have yet and still another meeting about their child's behavior and there's nothing in the room but a white principal, the white teacher, the white counselor, that's a problem. Because automatically that parent coming in with her child or his child feels like they must be on the defense I'm not open to hear what you got to say about my child. You don't understand my child. You don't know that what you call attention deficit disorder is just because uh, they have a lot of energy and they need to be on the basketball team. Or some creative arts team. You don't understand my kids. We're automatically in a place of defensiveness where we have to protect and shield from the attacks that we feel potentially are going to come out of your mouth. Even if that's not what the meeting is about. We walk in with our shields up. We walk in with our shields up. White principals and white teachers and white counselors and, 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 and just white. Everything is just white. So we had our own black schools. And then you desegregated us. You, you forced us to go into other schools and you thought uh, so many people fought for desegregation. Oh, we should be able to go to the good schools along with the, with the other folks. They got all of these great things happening in their school. We should be allowed to have schools like that too. So send black kids to the white schools for fair and equal education. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? Sending our children to white schools was never the answer. It might have made it a, the, the equal rights thing. You know, I get it. I get the whole principle of why they did it. I get it. I don't have time to sit here and talk about it. You know why. I know why. Uh, and I get the principle behind what they were trying to do. But it was really to our befallment. We need black teachers teaching black students because black men understand little black boys. Black women understand little black boys and little black girls. 
They see us as mom and dad. They don't always see that coming out of the other nationalities. And again, do not get my words confused. I am not sending out any type of bad energy to my beautiful rosy cheeked folks who love black children who care about black children. I've met some of those teachers and they go above and beyond. Stay extra late after school to help that little black boy or girl understand the schoolwork. To them I say bravo. I love you. I know your spirit. You're a good teacher. So it's not all our rosy cheek teachers who don't get it. But as equal, I see far too many of black kids getting in trouble in white schools because white folks don't understand. They don't know how to do it. Uh, and I just want to uh, actually give a shout out right now to a white teacher. I call her my blood sister. I love her. Her name is Lisa Contingo. Lisa Contingo. This woman was amazing is amazing she loves her black students and she went above and beyond her job duty descriptions to make sure that those little boys and girls understood math numbers equations counting she made sure of it she stayed late came in early and gave up her lunch hour to make sure they understood how to do math she related to them and they loved her. So when I talk about white teachers, I'm not talking about all of them. I'm only talking about some of them. Just some. But I still say we need our own black Wall Street and our own black schools and we'll hire people like Lisa Contingo to come and work in our black school because she loves black children. She understands them. She gets it. So teachers like her, they're welcome in our black schools. But we need black schools. We need black teachers. We definitely need more black men teachers. We gotta have that. If we're ever gonna reach our little brown boys. So that's my two cents in the cookie jar. And uh, I wanted to make sure that I give a shout out to SeaTac Churches, Citizens Take a Corner. Citizens Churches Take a Corner. They are moving in unison, building and growing to bring back healthy and safe communities here in the city of Wilmington, Delaware. Shout out to SeaTac, Elder Ty, Johnson and Sister Ravina Brown, Dr. Ravina Brown. Thank you for the work that you do. CTAC, join, become a part of to save our communities. I'm Rochelle Wilson. Thank you so much for allowing me here another day to sit on my soapbox as a commander in the Air Force here on the airwaves of WHGE 95.3 FM. Make some intelligent noise. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, be good to yourself, be good to others. Karma is real. Hiding